This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Monday, it's the 6th of November 2023. We're getting ready for another big conference, this time from OpenAI, and we've something to tell you. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, it's a brand new week and Sean Priest is here. Oh, mm. goody. Hello, Sean Priest. How are you mm-hmm. today? Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Sorry, I'm, I'm still having my breakfast. I'm, I'm good, breakfast. Stephen. Yes. It's 12 noon Eastern yeah, or... I, I, uh, 8 p.m. Having... Eastern, or 4 a.m. Eastern, or I'm any having... time in the clock on any day, if you're on podcast. I'm ha- Hello. I'm having my 4 a.m. <laughs> breakfast, obviously. A uh, can of cherry cola for my one of my five a day. Obviously, a, yeah. A packet of beef-flavoured crisps for my protein, and a um, dairy milk for my, obviously, dairy. <laughs> yeah, so right. Make sure you get some milk in your diet, yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting all the food groups today. Well done. You are <sighs> Thank you. a hero. Thank you're you. a hero to the dieting fraternity. It's a new week! Hooray! And the way you're eating, you'll be lucky to see <laughs> the end of it. And we're kicking off with a conference. I'm so excited. Yeah, we do have uh, some of our own breaking news, though. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, before we get into the conference, I want to tell you about something we've been up to. <laughs> we've been we've been up to a lot, and uh, sometimes, sometimes... Mr. F. He doesn't like it, but, you know, this time around, I think we're all... Happy, I really? think. Have you have you checked with Mister F? Does he actually know? I told him. I mean, that's not the same as him knowing. As, yeah, but did he respond? He kind of he garbled something. Did he throw a bottle at you? Oh, he does that anyway. He always does that. So that's nothing <laughs> okay. new. But he kind of garbled something, and I kind of got the sense out of him that you know he kind of understood. It was either that or just get out of my life. Um, yeah. Well, I either mean, way, we take tell. that as. As good job, well done, carry on. Absolutely, Thank you, Mr. that's F. it. Uh, so we have a brand new website. Yay! Hooray! Applause, please. Oh, sorry, Hooray! hang on. Yay! That one? Yes, yeah, that one. Um, Thank you. I feel we've overused that already. I feel we have, yeah. Could have maybe not used it the first time. Um, yes, we have a brand new website, www. Do you still have to say that these days? Um, I do, but I'm old school. Yeah, I so don't believe I. you do. Okay. At double tap, because that's the name of the show, on air, because we are, dot com. Did you catch oh. that? Double tap on air dot com. Now, you might recognize it from our email address, uh, because, you know, it's feedback at double tap on air dot com. So we just oh. use the same domain, because that's should what we, it is. Should we keep saying it? Double tap on air, on air dot, com. dot com. Basically, yeah. if you haven't gone there, we, we'll be checking the numbers. And if you haven't visited this website, we will be upset. <laughs> we will cry. Seriously. We will get sad. Yeah, a lot of work's going into that. Uh, So here's the deal. So I've been thinking about this for a long time, and one of the challenges we've had here at Double Tap is because we're on air every single day. Yeah, I know. Um, Because we're... (laughs) I know, I know, I know. But, you know, the thing is, um, we get a lot of... We have a lot of content, and as a result of which, it's often quite challenging sometimes to be able to... Just listen to that particular bit of audio or catch up with that one interview that you really want to listen to. You know, you want to skip the fluff. Us, basically. basically we are the yes. fluff. Yeah. We are the fluff. Yeah. Who wants to listen to us? Yeah. So if you 
don't want to listen to the fluff. <laughs> you can skip it. You see, I'm making this show for people who hate us. That's that's what this website is about. This is for, the website is for people who hate the show but love the interviews. That's yeah. exactly why we've done it. Basically, you've cut us out of the picture. <laughs> well done, Stephen. Suddenly, this doesn't seem like a great idea career-wise. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, was this a smart move? I don't know. Um, but no, I'm really pleased to say we've got the website. Uh, lots of content going to be on there, and we'll continue adding. We're also going to be working on our back catalogue as well. So you know, where it's relevant, we'll be uploading interviews from the past so that you can have a listen and catch up. All our demos and reviews as well. And those of you who've sent in content... Uh, and lots of you do send in your your MP3s or your your audio content contributions, as in demos and reviews, that kind of thing. Um, yep. I'll be coming back to you all individually, so look out for an email uh, because I'll be asking you if it's okay for us to post it on the website. I will never assume that it's okay because it's your content. You might not want it up on our site. Maybe you use it for your own purposes or you send it elsewhere and you'd rather it wasn't on the site. So I'm not assuming anything. No. But it is a place where really what I want, because look, this is kind of born out of a couple of things. One is the whole desire to make the content easier to find and to search and to, to locate. But also on top of that, I get a lot of people who email me saying, hey, you know, I'm an ophthalmologist and I had a really interesting conversation about this and I'd love to play it to someone who I work with. And these are serious people, right? They don't want to listen to me and you talk about porridge. Why not? So, well, I agree. I mean, they should listen to it, but they might yes. not want to. So if they don't, and just being sensible people, uh, they might just want to isolate that interview. And um, that is exactly what we're offering. So you can go and listen to it uh, all free of charge. No cost to you, dear listener. You can have it and you can enjoy it. Uh, you can ignore it. It's entirely up to you. <laughs> but it's there. And um, we're, we are going to be feeding news stories through there as well. In fact, our main story today we're talking about is, is is up there right now, which is the whole subject of the AI, the artificial intelligence revolution that is happening around us. Not evolution, but definitely revolution for sure. And um, oh. if you were following the news last week, uh, out of the UK, there was a big AI summit that took place in the UK. Um, it was on Thursday last week, and it was focusing on bringing together the tech companies to have a serious conversation about regulation around the responsibility of companies and governments when it comes to AI, because, of course, this is going to have a huge impact on all of us. And the standout conversation, the one that's garnered the most attention, perhaps no surprise, is the conversation between the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Elon Musk, head of lots of different things, including X. X. Yeah, you yes. you've got to do your thing. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, no. I, I, no. Uh, oh, X. there it is. X. Okay. Yeah, you, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still eating my breakfast. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, the whole thing here is that he was talking about a lot of different things, right? There was a lot of different parts of the conversation. And uh, up on the new website, doubletaponair.com, you will find the full conversation between Rishi Sunak and Elon Musk unedited, so you can have a listen to the whole thing if you want. It's a YouTube link on there, and you can watch the video on our site right now. But I bring it up because, of course, today is the day that we are about to hear from OpenAI as they present their first developer conference. I think this is the first time they'll have done this since, yes. since launching ChatGPT onto the world. Only a year ago. 
Wow. Really? I know. I know. It does not feel like a year. We've talked about AI so much that it feels like it's been around for 10 years. And don't get me wrong, it has. AI has been around for a long time, but it's chat GPT that's really pushed everything forward, hasn't it? it well, yes, exactly. And you know, this is the, the reason for the dev conference. The amount of apps and developers that are piggybacking, if you like, off the chat GPT service has exploded. I think that the number given is around 2 million developers are now using the the service, which is incredible. And as you said, it's been a year, but how much evolution have we seen mm. in that year? You know, we I've been using the, the voice chat feature and it absolutely blows my mind. It's incredible. And that's not even taking into account, you know, the image description and uh, uh, the ability to upload multi-page documents and get a summary and ask questions on that. It's It's just moving so fast. It is. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if you spotted the story about Be My AI. Um, I oh, hitting a million? On, yeah, a million, what's that, a million users or a million um, sessions. Um, That's what they call it, isn't it? Sessions where people basically open up a chat with OpenAI or through essentially Be My AI. Um, yeah. yeah, only two weeks after the open <laughs> beta release, Be My AI hits <laughs> one million sessions. That's in yes. the blind community alone. That's the first time I think we've actually seen specific data regarding the blind community in this, right? I mean, this is actual data for us because I, I, not many sighted people will be using this feature. No. So that's really interesting. That shows the, the level of interest and it shows the capability of an app like this and how, if it's done well, can attract an audience. I say this to a lot of developers out there who may be wondering, you know, what kind of value there is in building an app for a blind contingent, a blind audience, a blind user group, whatever you want to call us, customer. Um, I think there's your answer. You know, look how successful something can be when it's when it's good. Well, yeah, if it's genuinely useful mm -hmm. and done well, we will use it. I mean, a million in two weeks, a million requests, a million uses of that service. It's incredible, and it does go to show. You know, there have been sort of um, a few bumps in the road with the uh, Be My AI service, purely down to the capacity they're able to obtain from ChatGPT. Um, but that's because of the demand is so incredible. Yeah. And it, it, it sort of justifies their reason for that slow rollout of the, um, you know, when they went on to open beta. It makes total sense now. So the conversation at the dev conference is going to be around future development of applications. There's talk of an app store being announced. So this will essentially move us into a new realm where, you know, more tools will become available to developers. I saw one comment this morning which said, you know, OpenAI or, or AI generally will do to software what the iPhone did to hardware. And I think that's a good way to look at this, actually. That is, yeah. You know, that makes sense. Because the yeah. iPhone destroyed everything on the desk, right? The fax machine disappeared, the printer. Well, the printer didn't disappear. That's one it didn't kill. It didn't kill the printer. No, but Not yet. no one hardly uses a printer but anymore. But that's a though, good point, yeah. So I suppose it did kill the printer, yeah. Um, that, you know, all the devices that lie around just disappeared. I remember that great video years ago of all the different devices in the desk that were just gradually swallowed up and became an app on the iPhone. Or in our pockets or in our bags. Exactly, For yeah. us, yeah. And, you know, with all of that capability now, that's great. But, you know, what about software? And software, this is where AI can really move on. I don't think it's just going to be specific to software. And I, I don't know what they'll announce at this event, but... It wouldn't surprise me if we see a little bit of not so much hardware we can go out and buy, but hardware concepts, and particular robotics, because that is already happening. 
AI robotics is already a thing. It's already ongoing. It'll probably start very much, I would imagine, in the military and the industrial business, industrial complexes. I don't think it'll start as a consumer-led product yet. No. But anything that starts in the military, anything that becomes industrial, will eventually become consumer. And especially in the in the realm of robotics, because we're all thinking about at the moment, okay, what would that mean? What would that look like? We've all seen the Astro from Amazon, you know, the that little silly <laughs> thing that bumps around the, that's the house. That's more like but, a toy, though, right? Yeah. That, that's well, how in, I, in comparison to this stuff, absolutely. When you look at Spot from Boston Dynamics, which has been used and utilised in the military situation for carrying heavy loads and things mm. like that, and the way, you know, just the AI needed just to maintain a walk or a run or a pick yourself up from a stumble that alone is absolutely amazing but then when you start putting in object recognition um environmental uh context recognition you know of of where it's got to go and where it is and route planning it can make a huge difference and as you say it's not just military amazon i've started using bipedal bipedal um actually walking robots is what i'm trying to say um oh, in yes. their yeah, in their the warehouse, warehouse stores yeah. now. so i mean you know what a it it's like sci-fi movies at the minute now it's 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 important we don't get too carried away because you know and hence the need for these sort of conferences and these discussions and these safeguards being put in place because it could run away with us so i want to take us back to thursday because the conference that happened in the UK will give us a bit of a glimpse into the overarching themes and, and discussions that will come up at the OpenAI conference, without a doubt. Although, guaranteed, it's going to be full of geeks, and it's going to be a little bit hard for us to break down. But we'll do our best tomorrow on the show to to break down some of it for you. Um, I think there will be some announcements that will be more consumer-friendly announcements, and that will oh, be interesting. Yes. They are previewing a few new features, which is the thing I'm interested in. I mean, you know, what are we going to see there? Are we going to see a move away from the text input and more into the voice mm. chat interface? Are we going to see some sort of video um, analysis feature implemented? That's what, what I'm waiting oh, for. Yeah, that's that would what be I'm absolutely looking forward amazing. to, right? Yeah. Uh, there is talk of uh, vision capability coming to uh, essentially manufacturers of smart eyewear. So, Celeste Glasses have kind of preempted this a little bit because we saw the announcement from them. Again, you can read the full story on doubletaponair.com. It's quite good, though. I like how we can say that. Oh, well done. Uh, but you can read the whole story about Celeste and how you know it is already getting a little bit prepared and ready to implement open AI capabilities into its glasses, which would give those glasses the same or similar capability uh, that you can get with Be My AI through the glasses directly. Now, that, of course, I think comes with a lot of caveats. And we'll have to see how that implements and, and actually develops, because I think there's, a, I said this last week, but I think the difference between implementing what OpenAI is, is offering and what Be My Eyes have done is user experience. That's the difference between yes. just implementing a feature and actually working with a community to make sure that this feature works for the community it's intended to serve. Big differences. If I use Bing Chat and I upload an image, I will get a description, but it's a different kind of experience in the app to what I'll get with Be My AI. So I would much rather use it. Yes. So yeah, again, I, it comes totally down to agree. the implementation. But anyway, that aside, there are going to be overarching themes that come out of all of this, and they came up in the conversation between Rishi Sunak, UK Prime Minister, and Elon Musk. Now, it was a very weird event in some ways because you've got the UK Prime Minister 
interviewing, you know, podcast style Elon <laughs> Musk. It was like, you know, Rishi Sunak suddenly became Joe Rogan all of a sudden. He and was good though, right? He was, he was, yeah, I tell you, he's definitely, he's got the knack. I mean, if it all falls, listen, Rishi, if it all falls apart, you're welcome to join us here. We could, we could do some help here. You can bring some politics and some snaz to the show. That'd be cool. I, I think, I think he is gearing up for a job in tech. That's what I think he's doing. I think when he's finished with the whole prime minister thing, <laughs> could be sooner than you think. Um, you then, can tell. then, I think he may be considering a career in tech. Well, I was quite impressed with his knowledge, to be honest. The amount of times I hear politicians talking about tech, and it's just so obvious that it's just the words of some sort of lobby group, and they they don't understand it. Now, of course, he could have had someone in his ear prompting him. Who knows? But he came across like he actually knew the the topic, the subject, pretty well. Yeah, I I was quite impressed. He he knew he was talking. I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he was prepped for it, no doubt at all, but... It, it didn't come without its, you know, with some a background of knowledge. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Let's listen into some of this conversation. I'm, I want to play a couple of clips. One is on the, um, the 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 what might happen or what could become the AI of the future and how could it be used in a in a, an interesting way. And Elon had some uh, interesting answers to that. One which surprised Rishi Sunak in particular. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's talk about the big question that everyone out there are really asking themselves the real conversation around AI that's going on, and that is, what happens to our jobs? I think we are seeing the most disruptive force in history here. Um, you know, where we have for the first time, we will have for the first time something that is smarter than the smartest human. Um, and that, I mean, it's hard to say exactly what that moment is, but, but there will come a point where no job is needed. You can have a job if you want to have a job for sort of personal satisfaction, but the AI will be able to do everything. One of the challenges in the future will be how do we find meaning in life if, if you have a magic genie that can do everything you want. I, I, I do think we, we it's, it's, it's hard, you know, when there's, when, when there's new technology, it tends to have, usually follow an S-curve. In this mm-hmm. case, we're going to be on the exponential portion of the S-curve for a long time. Um, and you'll be able to, like, so you'll be able to ask for anything. It, it, it won't be, a, and we won't have universal basic income. We'll have universal high income. So in some, in some sense, it'll be somewhat of a leveler um, or an equalizer, because you know, really, I think everyone will have access to this magic genie, um, and you'll be able to ask any question. It'll be, certainly be good for education. You could, it'll be the best tutor you could, and, and the most patient tutor. Sit uh, <laughs> there all day. So, <laughs> okay, a lot to break down in that one. First thoughts? Um, I don't really understand what is uh, the, the term universal high income. I, I don't really understand the concept behind that, but this is kind of beyond me, I'll be totally honest. But I, I don't agree that it, work will be a thing of the past. There's always going to be those those jobs where you know, AI isn't going to be able to to do it. Um, I think it is going to be hugely disruptive. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. Th- this he used the word utopia later on. This utopia of not having to work and then you know trying to find a new meaning to life. I think we're looking so far into the future that um, I don't think it's actually relevant now. But um, so, what what jobs can't AI do? Well, there's so many jobs. I mean, you could talk about. I mean, anything manual labour. 
obviously. I mean, if what we're talking about here is the implementations of a robot workforce. I, I'm not... Do you, do you really think we're that close to it or in the near future for a robot workforce? I think we are as near as we've ever been. Honestly. Yes, which which could still mean decades and decades away. Well, from that's it. right, but I mean, this is all because really what we're talking about here is regulation. We're talking about implementation, and you know, this isn't going to happen overnight. Of course, it's not. But the fact is, it is coming. This is not something that's that's that far off in the future. And I was talking to a friend of mine this morning about this. We were just chatting about it, and he said, "You know, do you think it'll be within our lifetime?" I said, "Absolutely, within our lifetime." But I'm kind of hoping it's by the end of my lifetime <laughs> because there'll be no purpose left for me beyond that. Um, but I, I do think in the next 20 years, I'd be amazed if in the next 20 years we have not seen a seismic shift in the way our workforces operate because I think we'll, we'll start to see it in industries where it can easily take over. I mean, one industry we've talked about a lot because it's of interest to us is driverless cars. And I think for taxis, I mean, every taxi driver I speak to about it always says the same thing. It's terrifying because as soon as they launch these cars onto the road, that's it. Their jobs go. The difference is in factories where you're changing the role, you're bringing in more. Maybe it's the same, I don't know, because you're essentially gradually bringing in, and that's how I think it'll happen, you'll bring in these robots to start doing the job. But then very quickly, all they have to do is just scale it up. Once they've once they've ironed out the, the problems, any issues with it, you know, not only can these robots work and work and work, they can work all day long. They never take holidays. They can cover shifts. <laughs> they can yes. just get on with it. So you wait till they form a union. That'll all change. The AI union. That'll be happening. It's, it's I, a really I, interesting time, you know, and I, I think I, the implementation is, is going to be the, the, the driver here. Who's going to put the money in to do it? And, and Amazon's of the world, they will, because that's, They've got the money to just jump and do it. That's not going to be the case for every business. They might not be able to afford that. You know, because the problem is that in a lot of companies' cases, they'll be putting money out on individuals to do the job. They can't just replace that with a robot because that money they're already spending. They need extra income to invest in so they could actually bring in those robots before they have to let the staff go. So it may be it may take a little bit longer from that from that point of view, especially for smaller businesses. It's a, it's a total change in how society works, how it's structured. It's a total change. Uh, again, I think that's, that's what, what makes you think that's not going to happen fast, because you think, well, this is going to be such a seismic shift that yes. it, it's going to. It, it, it's just impossible to imagine the robot army heading off to work in the morning. Although it won't be, because it'll just sleep at the factory because it's a robot. <laughs> well, yes, but they're going to be so expensive to start with, and then it'll be that that whole thing of you know technology getting less expensive, less expensive, more available to all. This is, as I said, you know we've we've got walking robots now in Amazon at the minute, which cost an absolute fortune. Mm. Only certain large corporations can afford them. Is it going to make a, a, a difference? Has that already affected the amount of human workforce that Amazon employ on their in their warehouses? Absolutely, it has. So it has. It's already making an impact. I just, I I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's going to come as quickly as we think. AI is evolving so fast, but at the minute, right now, we're using it as a tool. It's it's helping and aiding people in their work. When it comes to that time of it can actually replace that person, I think it's still going to be, you know, there's going to be new roles because people are going to need to manage AI. 
So rather than someone actually doing the job that AI is doing now, that person is now managing. Well, I how said this AI to my friend this morning. It. I said, you know, it's funny because the only jobs left will be, you know, fixing the robots. And then I thought, actually, no, because they'll figure out how to do that as well. So they'll, they'll know how to fix each other. They'll have the fixing robot that'll just do that. And, you know, it's funny because Elon talks about education. And part of me thinks, what are we teaching children to do in the future? Because there's nothing to do. There's no jobs. So what, what are they being taught and educated to do? This is where the, the shift comes. Because, you see, to me, that's old school thinking mixed in with new school thinking. You see, what are we teaching children in the future? We're teaching them to read books, but but why? For what purpose? To, well, I almost guess we're it's just a, teaching children to exist. It's almost a discussion about philosophy. Then, when we well, start talking about what is the meaning of life, and yeah, yeah we can relate to that. I, I spent decades not wondering what's the point in getting up in the morning because I've got nothing to do. You know, so there's no. You need some purpose, but that changes, and it's it's interesting because I read a story recently about someone who just got into the workforce, left university, started the uh, a nine-to-five job and just couldn't get their head around, what well, this is it. I, I, I work nine-to-five and then with the commute as well. I've got no life, basically. Pay is the this, mortgage and die, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is this what life is meant to be? And apparently there's a lot of, you know, that generation who are rebelling against, hey, nine-to-five, because we've been drilled uh, into our brains from you know, year dot, that, hey, you're only worthwhile if you've got that nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is that actually living a good life? I mean, it, it all gets very meta, right? Well, not, yeah. Not the company, by the way. No. <laughs> Although I'm sure they're involved somewhere as well. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right, because, look, it's a different conversation for a lot of us because so many blind people are unemployed. So the question of value of life is already one. We, uh, there's such a, that's such an important point you've made. That we've already we've already questioned ourselves so many times on this, and True. I get it. I mean, I, I'm in a very fortunate position that I've always had a job. I've always been since since the day I left school. I got into work because I basically forced my way in and said, "I'm not leaving this radio station until you give me a job." <laughs> I locked myself in the studio, yes. and uh, eventually said, "Fine, whatever. Give you a graveyard shift at midnight, and then you could just sit there for the next ten years." And you know that was great, but no, I. I I've, I know there's a lot of people who just haven't, and I know you're one of them, right? You've been in that position for, for a long, long time. And I think that, yep. you know, the question of value is a big one. It's an important one. And it's one you've already faced. But I do want to get into the subject of what these, uh, or what potential AI could do. Because this is the interesting thing. We, we hear a lot about AI and it becomes very, um, it becomes philosophical to some degree, but it kind of lives around us and we don't really know what it is. It's like water, you know, it's there, but, you know, what is it? There's no shape to it. It's like, what does it actually become once, mm. once it forms? And this was a question that Rishi Sunak put to Elon Musk, and this was his answer. I, I think certainly AI, AI tutors are going to be amazing, um, perhaps already are. Uh, I think there's also perhaps companionship, which may seem odd, because how can the computer really be your friend, but if you if you have an AI that has memory, you know, and remembers all of your interactions, and has read every, you're gonna say like give it permission to read everything you've ever done. So it really will know you better than anyone, perhaps even yourself. Um, and 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 where you can talk to it every day, and and those conversations build upon each other, you will actually have a great friend, as, as long as that friend can stay your friend and not get turned off or something. Uh, <laughs> don't turn off my friend. <laughs> Um, but I think that will actually be a real thing. Um, oh. And um, 
I have a, I have, one of my sons is, is, is sort of has some learning disabilities and, and has trouble making friends, actually. And, and I was like, well, you know, he, an AI friend would actually be great for him. Now, that's interesting. Um, and this is, for us, an interesting thing that he's brought up because we've talked about this many times on the show. This has actually been yep. a topic for us quite, uh, for quite a while about the value of companionship in AI. How can it help us? You know, the, the call Annie type approach to life. Yes. Um, and I think that, that does raise some interesting questions. I do agree. I think that companionship is going to be one of its key uh, abilities, actually. I mean, we're already seeing developments in the future of therapy, therapists. Um, I mean, I know we're moving towards even doctors being delivered over AI because of the ability for it to assess. Um, and, you know, I think that the, the biggest concern for me out of all of this is the idea that this will be something that will be unbiased. This will not have any biases at all because it's a robot. And I think we look at it like, oh, it's a robot. It'll have no particular feelings one way or the other. It won't be politically leaning at all. You know, it's just a robot. But actually... <laughs> I don't buy that because it's humans that are programming it. I was going to say, I can guarantee someone will accuse an AI of being biased in one way or the other. Absolutely. Because it's, whereas it's getting its con concepts of what is, you know, neutral, for example. Is it, people will accuse it either of being of too liberal or too, you know, left or right. Yeah. I, I don't know. But going back to the friend thing, do you think, do you think that's healthy? I'd be really interested in this because I've been, you know, I've said before, I don't think this is the right way to go. I don't think you can replace real human interaction with AI. But what Elon said there, actually, you know, if, if it's got the same memories of your interactions and that is well, actually, yeah, that is what a friend is. It's that shared experience, right? So that does make sense. But I, I'd be interested to see what is the balance between the benefits of actually having someone, I'm going to say one in the terms of an AI friend to talk to, which will diminish the effects of isolation, which can be, you know, they can make a real impact on your mental health if you feel so alone. There's no denying that. But then again, is it healthy to, to sort of almost promote that kind of relationship? Could you get too attached to it at the detriment of actually making real life human relationships i don't know it just it feels a little bit dangerous to me stay there i've got some thoughts i'll come back this is double tap call the double tappers now 1-877-803-4567 or email us feedback at double tap on Going back to the subject of friendship, right? Because this is a really interesting thing. Can an AI be your friend? My experience so far, using Call Annie, and I know there's different characters now, and I've been trying different ones out, and they're all very interesting. What I've noticed is that, you know, it, it will remember things, and it will have a conversation with you, but everything is very much on the basis of, so, you know, you had a, a slice of toast for breakfast. Was that nice, and did you have some jam on it? And, you know... <laughs> I think that's okay, and that's nice. But if, uh -huh. I, if I get into a deep and meaningful conversation, as I've tried to, I've sort of tried to bring up politics and, and things with it, it'll either ignore it and say, well, I don't have any position on this, so I don't really bother with that. Or it'll say, well, what do you think? 
And I feel like I'm in a therapist situation where it's like, what do you think? And I'm, I'm like, I get it. But the problem for me is that if that was AI forever, if that was what it was to be like as a friend, it'd be a terrible friend because it would never challenge me. You know, a friend challenges you. It's more than just having a conversation. It's more than just talking about the weather. It's about saying something and that friend saying, no, do you know what? You're wrong on that. Or actually, no, do you know what? Here's another way to think about it. And if AI can do that, if it can start to get into that kind of conversational level, that's when it gets interesting to me. Because I have to be honest, for me, I, I am not the most intellectual person in the world. I'm not going to pretend to be. But I do like a good conversation and debate. And it doesn't provide that for me at the moment. And that's something that would, I think, have to change for it to become meaningful in terms of conversation. Otherwise, it feels like it's just imparting knowledge. It's like it's just building Google Answers into what it's saying. No, I totally agree. It, it feels incredibly shallow. That's, a, that's exactly it. Uh, there's no deeper conversation to be had. But again, you know, this, this is, I'm using Core Annie as a reference point here, which, look, I'm not putting it down at all, but it, it is what it is. It, it, it's, you could argue it's on the, um, it's on the shadow, shallower levels of AI. Um, talking to ChatGPT, it has took me down some interesting conversations before, not just what do you think after each thing or I like dogs, do you? You know, mm. um, It's actually challenged me on a few things. And that's, that is interesting, but still, yeah, I don't know. I think we need to do some serious um, uh, research into the... the, the I suppose you can make the same argument. Sorry, I didn't finish that sentence. But does the social media, you know, is that more healthy for someone to have some sort of contact than to have no contact at all? I suppose it depends on the person you're in contact or the groups you're involved with. It could be very detrimental. Uh, I suppose it's the same with AI. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Mm. Um, this is kind of what... I guess, leads a lot of the conversation with Tristan Harris at the Centre for Humane Technology, which is what formed the basis of a conversation you and I had. Um, I can't remember when we had this conversation, but we, we did a show called The AI Dilemma, which kind of followed on from their talk with, of the same name. Hmm. Now, I, I, today I've actually posted that to the website, so you should go and check it out because this was a conversation you and I had, and we played in some elements of that conversation uh, between Tristan Harris and, and his team at the Centre for Humane Technology, because it really led the conversation for us at the beginning of this. It felt like this was the beginnings. And if you want to go back and listen to what we said, I'll be interested to know, because you may not have heard this episode, and if you haven't heard it, it is worth checking out, because I re-listened to it recently, and I was quite impressed to, to see that we were kind of on track with a lot of it. Not all of it, but, you know, we were on track with a lot of it. And I think what... Tristan is saying is absolutely true. So if you want to check out that episode, he, he wasn't joining us on the show. We've tried to get him on, but uh, we were referring to the talk specifically and we played some clips. So go check it out um, because that, that does lead into an interesting conversation of the link between AI and social media in particular and how those two tie in. It's um, true, yeah. But no, it's, it's very interesting. Um, you can find all this content at doubletaponair.com. It's our brand new website. Yes, I'm saying it again because I'm going to keep saying it because I'll forget. I actually nearly forgot to mention it today. I had to put it in my notes. Yes, I make notes. <laughs> You've been working on it for days and days. I nearly forgot to mention Scott. it. I know, it's terrible. <laughs> There's so much to talk about today because there's so much going on. Um, I don't know if you heard this news as well. Um, NVDA, 
Uh, right. His latest version, yeah, I know you'd be pleased to be mentioning this. Uh, NVDA 2023.3 is the, I think, the latest version. And uh, it is, I, I want to just let people know this, it's the last version that supports Windows 7. <gasps> da, da, da. Da, da, da. I know, Do you see shocking. this as a total betrayal? by uh, the people at NV Access and they should be ashamed of themselves or is it, yeah, whatever, it's about time. I think they're also not supporting Windows 3.1. Yes, or DOS. DOS. Uh, Yeah, Symbian. The the, the thing is, they will still have an older version available for download if for users of Windows 7. So it's not like it's being totally cut off, but they're saying, okay, there does need to be on anything, any development, there needs to be a point where you say, okay, we can't put the time into supporting that particular OS. And the the user stats on that show us that it's probably not worth our time. So... It, it makes total sense to me, of course. But if you are still using Windows 7, there will always be an NVDA version there that you can use. Yeah, and that's good. And that is great. But uh, yeah, in terms of updates and support, that kind of stops here. I love so NVDA. You know, I, I've been uh, using it now on this PC uh, for, well, I don't know how long now, months maybe. And I keep meaning, I keep thinking I'm using JAWS. That's the interesting thing. And Matt ah. Ata, who from Vespero, who I think is going to be hopefully joining us this week for a conversation. Um, <laughs> he's not going to like me saying that one. But, no, but he's honestly, no longer joining us later <laughs> this week. <laughs> but honestly, I kind of forgot, because I'm using Eloquence, I think that's what it is. I'm just so used to Eloquence voice and Jaws being together. Yeah. Uh, Eloquence now is everywhere. But, um, you know, just, just having Eloquence on there, it makes me think I'm on Jaws. And therefore, when I... Usually it's when I'm when I'm doing something and there's a progress bar and it starts going, bah, 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 bah. then I'm like, oh, I'm on NVDA. This is great. <laughs> well, to be fair, I've had the same experience being on Narrator. If you're using you know the same voice, you, you do forget because most of the time, like I said, I'm just using tab and up and down, left and right, uh, which you know you could be using anything, right? It's only yeah. when you start to dig into the extra features. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm on here. But um, yeah, I love NVDA. I've just done the latest Shaun of the Shed I did on... Um, the NVDA add-on store, oh, which yeah. is a new way of managing add-ons built into NVDA itself. You don't no longer have to go to a, a website to do it. Fantastic, I thought, except in this new release, which was just released, it says, um, you know, uh, updated uh, the NVDA add-on store. So hopefully it still works the same. I haven't actually <laughs> checked it out yet. But um, yeah, it was it was a little bit, the navigation was a little bit mm, less yeah, than I agree. intuitive. It wasn't but, um, simple. No, it wasn't obvious, the layout yeah. of it. But hopefully they've uh, sorted that out. But the basic things there are all going to be the same of how to browse available updates, how to install them. It's very, very cool. Um, Yeah, that is cool. I also want to say as well, uh, and we are hoping to get Matt Ater on a bit later this week. I think he's going to be joining us in particular. We haven't clarified the exact topics, but I think one thing he wants to talk about is the next big thing contest that happened. Over at Vespero, this was sadly not available to people in Canada, uh, which is why we didn't talk about it too much. But I know it's been a big thing uh, around the world, around the other countries that have taken part. But I I think we'd all, yeah, yeah, I'd be. Is that what did I say? (laughs) No, it's been a big thing. Yeah, it's been the next big. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was an attempt at humour. Sorry, cut out this fluff. (laughs) Double tap on air dot (laughs) com. Get rid of the nonsense. Straight to the good stuff. Yeah, so you completely threw me off on that one. Yeah, so Matt's going to join us to talk about that and other stuff. (laughs) 
There you go. That, and that's, so, that covered so it well. I'm incredibly sorry. I know, I'm that really interested. a big interested. band-aid right over the top of that. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what ideas have come in. Mm, exactly, it's, yeah. It's actually difficult to think, you know, what features would I want in a screen reader? I, I Every time I think of something like that, it's like, oh, actually, that exists already. I just didn't know it existed. So, um, yeah, that's very interesting. I want to see what ideas have come through. I love that they've done it because what they'll hopefully be doing, they may not say this, but I hope they'll be keeping a, a, an eye on all of the entries and almost implement all of them or a, a whole chunk well, exactly. of them, you know, yeah. because there will be lots of ideas that will come in. Be like, oh, there must be so many they, they've got and they've like, of course we could do that. The big one this week uh, is face in view. I think we're going to talk about that tomorrow, but face in view is the big one. Uh, which is exciting a lot of people. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. So much other stuff to talk about, including um, your emails and comments following my little rant on Friday's episode, um, oh. talking about being blind and being called out for being blind, I think. Um, or not being blind Or not enough. being blind enough. Yeah, still, still <laughs> quite confused by all that. But anyway, um, lots of you have got in touch with your stories and um i just want to thank you for that we are going to revisit this topic again um maybe tomorrow we'll we'll do that tomorrow um and it'll give people a chance to hear your stories as well because i think you know it's not this is not just about me it's about you guys and you know you you've all shared some very interesting stories i also just want to say thank you so much to those of you who've sent me private messages or emails that you would rather i didn't put on air I really wish, and I never will, I will never put out a message if you tell me you don't want it put out. I would never do that. I will always respect that decision. But honestly, you sent such lovely messages. I was like, I wish people could hear this. You've been so nice. Yes. Some of the messages but, uh, are beautiful. Uh, They're really lovely. Again, it shows that this conversation is going on behind closed doors almost. And this this discussion has been going on for a long time yeah. in our community. But no one really talks about it openly. No, there's a lot of things I think we bring up on this show. Uh, and I know it's the tech show, Honest, and all that. Uh, but, you know, there are things that come up on this show that I don't think other people will talk about. Now, for many reasons. There's a lot of people who may not experience it because they are perhaps they just don't experience that. And they don't yep. or they don't want to bring it up because it perhaps might be negative. I don't care. The honest truth is I don't care. I'd rather we were honest because that's what this is all about. Just be honest and tell the truth about our experiences. And I'll happily do that. If it happened to me and it's something I can talk about and I can share that experience and it helps someone who maybe is feeling that way but just can't articulate it, doesn't want to articulate it, certainly doesn't want to come on to a radio show and talk about it, No. then that is totally fine. That's, I don't know I'm why we do, actually. That. Thinking about, there must be something wrong with us. Well, I, do you know what? I think we share too much. Well, no, I don't think we do. I think we share. I think, well, I probably share more than you do. That's for sure. <laughs> I remember, was it maybe a year ago, there was calls for you to do an interview about your life and you just didn't want to do it. I remember that. No, no, that's true. Like, I don't yeah. want to do it. I don't want to talk about me. Well, again, I think it comes down to another thing, a big thing in our community is it's all about self-worth. It's like, well, I'm, mm -hmm. I've got nothing actually interesting to say about oh, myself. shut up. Oh, it's, no, it's true. But that, I'm saying that may not be the reality, but that is the perception of, of self-worth that a lot of us have trouble with. All right. Come on. Modesty. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, in reality, I'm great. <laughs> See how you spin it both ways this, on that one? This is why I don't talk. Yeah. It's like, oh, listen to him. Once you get him started, he will not shut up. 
Blind, 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 blind. Um, but no, honestly, this is a show where you can just say what you want, all right? And you know, we obviously will always caveat and we will push back if we feel we have to on topics. We will always will. I always will challenge issues like this and, and any issues that comes up. Um, I mean, the other week when we had someone, uh, last week when we had someone come on and say, you know, well, I'm not deaf, but, you know, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with hearing certain things a certain way or whatever it was. Well, challenge that. You know, because that's what we yes. do, right? And it's you're welcome to your opinion on this show, but you're not entitled to your own facts. That yes, is, I'm not going to because I'm standing up against that nonsense because I'm sick of it in this world today, where everyone just thinks I feel this way, so therefore it's all about our feelings. Well, oh. stuff that. Oh, it's not it's about facts. Is he allowed to say that? I'll just check with the. Lo- hey. Yeah, no, you're okay. Yeah. No bottles were thrown. It's all fine. He's sleeping. He doesn't care. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I want to bring in Michael Babcock. Metal Mickey, as I'm going to call him now. What? Um, I don't know why. I just I, Someone Metal mentioned Mickey. this show. Is there a jingle for that? Anyone in the UK from the 1980s, uh, they know what we're talking about. Everyone else, not a clue. Oh, good. Okay, because I, no, I had no idea what it is. Oh, I have you're no too young idea. as well. Of course I am. Yeah, well, I'm too young for everything. Um, oh, but no, I am not, I'm not blind enough. I'm old enough. <laughs> Why do I exist? Uh, but yeah, Metal Mickey is back. Uh, Michael Babcock is here because uh, he wants to pick up on something I said last week, and it wasn't about being blind. In a recent episode of Double Tap, and admittedly, I don't know the date, the title of it is Your Feedback, because, you know, that's really helpful. Stephen made an Oof. offhanded comment that I'm a little disappointed in him for making. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Stephen, because a tool you were introduced to by either Demasi, myself, or both of us has what you're looking for. So the problem to be solved is Stephen stated that there isn't an accessible clipboard management program on the Mac, and I respectfully mm-hmm. disagree. In this clip, we're going to start by pressing command space. I'm going to show you the long way of finding it, and then we will show you a shortcut that you can use as well. Application. System dialog. Action menu. This action menu tells me that I am in launch bar, and note that you need to have launch bar configured in order to do what I'm about to show you. If you start typing clip. Clip clipboard history. Action. You'll come to the clipboard history. Action. You may not, but you want to use your down arrow key until you find clipboard history. Tap your right arrow to open the clipboard history. Two audio files in Audio Hijack, clipboard object. And this shows you two audio files from the Audio Hijack folder that have been added to my clipboard. This works with your files. It also works with items inside of Reaper and, of course, plain old text. If we tap our down arrow, blindbergains.com, clipboard object. Some text there, clipboard object, blindbargains.com. Grant all privileges on database name to username at localhost, clipboard object. A item that I copied for learning my SQL. So if I want to insert this, for example, all I have to do is tap enter, but I'm not in an edit field. So I'm going to show you something in a moment on how you can do that. Uh, if I want to copy this to my clipboard again, I just hit Co- grant all privileges on database. Command C, and that'll say copy and repeat the last thing that was stated. So now I'll tap escape to exit this. Audio hijack. Untitled. And I'm put back in the audio hijack file. Now I'm going to go ahead and show you two more things with this option. If I press command space. Application. And I type draft. 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 Drafts. Application. 
This takes you to the drafts application, but I'd rather just have to hit the letter D to activate this. So I'll press command option A. Draft, content selected. And this brings you to the abbreviation of anything that you find in, in launch bar, you can set an abbreviation for. And I'll tap the backspace to delete this because it said context, content selected. Selection deleted. And I'll press the letter D followed by enter. Black drafts, application. Now we'll exit out of launch bar. Audio hijack. I'll press command space. Application. And now anytime I press the letter D. Drafts, application. Drafts comes right up, but here's something more fun. Audio hijack. If we press command space. Application, system dialog. Press and hold the letter D. Drafts, audio hijack. Drafts, blank, window. Drafts is now open, so I didn't have to hit enter. Now, I have it set up so command option backslash takes me immediately to my clipboard history, so I don't have to go to my clipboard history. Grant all privileges on database name to username at localhost, clipboard object. So there's that clipboard object that we talked about a moment ago. If I press enter, Dra new line. that's inserted with a new line on that document. If I press command option backslash, grant all privileges on database. And I type in blind. Blindbergains.com, clipboard object. There's blind bargains, and I simply tap blindbergains.com. Enter to insert it. Now that's pretty cool. You can easily type in something from your clipboard that you remember and bring that into focus so you can access that information. I love LaunchBar. One last thing that I want to teach you about is if you want to merge things together, let's say you're looking for some elements to edit a podcast and the intro and outro and main content of the podcast are in three different folders. You can press Command C on the first item, intro for example, go to the main contents of the podcast and press Command CC and then go to the outro and press Command CC and then on your clipboard, you have all three elements you need. And you can paste them into your audio editor of choice. What? You can't paste into Audacity? I actually don't know if you can. But in Reaper, you can just find the files in Finder or Windows Explorer, Sean. Copy them to your clipboard and then paste them into Reaper and you're editing them. Hope you found this to be a little bit useful. Steven, play with LaunchBar. Pretty sure you bought it. Play with LaunchBar a little more because I think you'll get some value out of it, especially the clipboard history. You got done. I think I've been <laughs> LaunchBar shamed. You have. And to be fair, I remember them telling you about LaunchBar. What happened? I remember them telling me about it as well, but I have no recollection of clipboard history being part of it. But then that's because I haven't really played with it very much, so I wouldn't have found it. That is incredible. And that is wow. a brilliant demo, by the way. A huge thanks to Michael for that. As ever. I, I think work. that multi-copy feature is incredible. I would be interested to know if there's a Windows version, a nope. Windows wait, a Windows alternative. Basically, it's, it's like uh, replacing the start menu. I would be very interested in something like that. Probably doesn't exist, and if it does, it probably isn't accessible. But yeah. still, if anyone knows, let us know. I think what's great about that is you've got the ability with LaunchBar, and I should just pick up on the point you made about Command Space, because Command Space on a Mac will open up Spotlight. And the cool thing you can do with Command Space is you can have it set up so that you can hit press Command, then Space, or hold down Command, then press Space. That brings up Spotlight. You can also configure it so that you can hold down Command and hold down Spacebar, and that will invoke Siri. So that's quite cool. Um, oh. Launch bar, though, by default, is option space. 
So you would have to change that. And I haven't done that. I, I, I like to have spotlight there just in case. I never like replacing it, just in case. Just in it. case. But yeah. it is a fantastic tool. And you can navigate pretty much everything. I mean, Michael did tell me at the beginning, and that was the bit that I really was interested in. You could navigate your finder entirely in LaunchBar. You don't even have to go into the finder. You can move files around in there. And the whole thing is just pretty much left arrow, left and right arrows and up and down arrows. And that's it. You don't need to do any interactions or anything. It's just all inside the launch bar window. Sounds so, it sounds like it's almost its own OS, right? It sounds so much, so many features in there. I must admit, I hated Finder in the Mac. Absolutely yeah. hated it. I could never get to grips. I always put it down to, I'm just not familiar enough. But um, I know I've spoken to lots of people who say, yeah, I'm not a fan of Finder either. Well, it's your friend um, Garth that got me into Finder properly. And learning yeah. the shortcuts. And it's not easy with the shortcuts because none of them make any sense. Like there's some, like if you're on the window, you're on a finder window and you do command shift A, that'll take you to the applications folder. Yeah. That kind of makes, makes sense. sense. If yeah. you go to the desktop, it's command shift and D again, makes sense. But then you want to go to your downloads folder and it's command option L. Not Okay. Why? For loads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's actually no. Think of it. That's probably exactly what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, basically, they're, they're, they're not got enough D's to be able to make it happen. But the point is, that the commands, even the commands to do things, the commands to action are different. So command shift now becomes command option all of a sudden, and it's like, okay, well, that's weird. So there's lots of things in there that with the finder that can be tricky. Once you master it, it's okay. Um, but it does even now. I, I still have a lot of focus issues in Finder with, and I think it's partly down to the the choice of view I have. I tend to live in the list view, right? Yeah. And some people uh, love the columns view. Yeah, some people say the columns view is better, but then even then, if you don't interact with it, and I don't, exactly. that's the problem. I don't interact. I just use the arrow keys, uh, and I think that's it. part of the problem. But Windows, but so, uh, Windows is your answer. Except I will say, if you've installed the latest feature update on Windows. Oh dear, File Explorer is now. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. This oh. is why I wouldn't bother with it. This is just why I think I'm I'm settling Never mind in. Bother. I'm Never settling in with my Mac because do you know what? It's it's like a comfortable pair of slippers. I think I'm I think I'm all Mac now. Uh, oh, is that it? Yeah, you say this every six months, <laughs> and then something will happen, and there's Windows. That's the future, and then it's both. You always go between. I two. do go between both, that is for sure. And I do... There's nothing wrong with that, I do like the way. both, but I think I'm using... I think what's happening is I'm kind of getting to the stage where I just want to use one system as much as I can. Uh, I don't mind having a virtual Windows, whatever. I can live with that. But I think I just want to live in one operating system because I think there, there comes a point where your brain can only remember so many commands and so many ways of doing things. And as much as I love Windows and JAWS, and I do, I genuinely do, I love all that stuff, NVDA, everything... It just, I think on my day-to-day, because so much of what I do requires the Mac, specific applications require the Mac and the way the way my workflow works. And, and that's something Michael Babcock actually did ask me to talk to him about that, about my workflow. And if, I think it might be of interest to some people how we do the show, for example. We should do something like that, actually. We should talk about how we actually make the show and how we do this. Because I am, it's 100% yeah. accessible and it's all pretty much system-based. Yeah. You know, I've got the Roadcaster Pro 2, and I think a lot of people think that's my driver. Really, to be honest, I could do this with a USB mic. It's just I yeah. love this microphone, and I like a bit of processing that the Roadcaster adds, but that's kind of it, to be perfectly honest. If I could implement that in software, which I could, with something yeah. like Audio Hijack Pro, then... Uh, it just means more work. 
trying to replace it with something can learn that at the minute everything works well that's right so leave it alone uh, yeah. listen we're out of time but thank you so much uh, for all your comments uh, lots of you getting in touch uh, we'll get to your feedback on tomorrow's show for certain we'll also keep an eye on the uh, outcomes of the OpenAI developer conference check out the website doubletaponair.com go see what we've been working on for the last couple of months and uh, check it out <laughs> and keep up to date as well get in touch with us feedback at doubletaponair.com we'll catch you tomorrow thanks Sean Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.